the Brazilian Beat. This is episode 80 with Herbert Bruno. Join us as we get to know the Brazilian percussion and music-making community one interview at a time. This is Happy Happy Courtney. And this is Very Happy Diana. Hello and welcome <laughs> to our latest episode where we have a new president. Woohoo! Yes, we... Oh, could not be happier. Yeah. I know some of you guys out there are, are happy as well. So, so yeah, it's been a crazy couple of days uh, since we heard the news, and we're quite excited. We actually had an interview the, the day, um, actually, just like a half hour after the announcement. After we found out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I was sitting here at my computer getting ready, and I saw the news. So we were a little bit jacked up for that. Yeah, that was a little hard to focus. I had yeah. a lesson, and I actually had a lesson with with Herbert and and uh, Lucas oh, right cool. after that. And I was just like, I'm a little bit out of my mind, you guys. <laughs> I can't really pay attention. Yeah. Nice. So. Yes. So. Yeah. So today we have Herbert Bruno. He is um, the other half of Duetto. We interviewed Lucas Eduardo a few episodes back, and and this is Herbert. Uh, he grew up in a family of sambistas. His mother made the costumes for the samba school for 15 years, and his father was on the organizing board. And this was at their neighborhood samba school. The name is So. Let's see. So você você for. He started playing hapiki when he was three years old, and you guys have to go to our website, thebrazilianbeat.com slash Herbert Bruno, and see this photo of him. <laughs> He's a little t- little tiny kid with a, with a hapiki and a fantasia all dressed up for the parade. It's amazing. Adorable. So go check that out. Um, he kept playing, um, as a, and as a young man, he met Lucas Eduardo, and together they won the Hipiki Gioro competition three times. Oh, they were then playing with Hosus Gioro Samba School, and uh, in 2016, Herbert began playing the Hipiki, the Hipiki Moor, and he still plays to this day in Duetto. In 2017, Herbert realized a dream he had had since he was a child. He became the mestre at So Vos Se Vos Se For. He remained the mestre there for three years until the responsibilities with Duetto um, became too much to do both things. So he ended up quitting the mestre position. Before the pandemic, Duetto was traveling, teaching workshops, collaborating with other bands all around the world. And uh, now they're, they're staying at home. They're working on... Uh, teaching online classes and writing and, and trying to keep things moving during the pandemic. They're an inspiration, and we were really excited to get to um, talk to the other half, to Herbert. And, you know, we just love these guys. They're just so great, and they've been just so responsive and welcoming um, since we contacted um, them about being on our podcast and uh yeah, they're just great. They are. They're so positive and and just yeah, they're wonderful, wonderful young men. Yeah, I can't wait to meet them in in real life, and yeah. hopefully they can come to the to the U.S. and do workshops. That would be amazing. Yes, that would be amazing. So this podcast is sponsored by GoSamba.net. This is a Hapiki More heavy podcast. <laughs> we have Hapiki Mores at GoSamba.net. And by we, I mean me and Skeletoni. <laughs> <laughs> Your partner. My, my partner. The, the silent partner. <laughs> he's, a, he's my one employee. 
doesn't get paid. <laughs> yeah, so go to gosamba.net and check them out. And what brand are your Hapiki Moors? Eve Some. They sound good too. They're kind of musical. Oh, that's one thing I love about the Hipiki Moor is that, I mean, the Hipiki is amazing too, but the Hipiki Moor I kind of fell in love with because it's it's got so much more tone and depth to it. It's it's mm-hmm. a it's more musical. I just I love the sound. Yeah, nice. Yeah, go check it out. So, do you like us? We like doing this podcast and having these conversations with the global community, but. It is a labor of love, and we spend a lot of time, equipment, money, and we drink a lot of coffee. I do roast my own coffee, though, Courtney. Oh, fancy. (laughs) That's very Portland of you. (laughs) It is. Um, (laughs) If you'd like to keep these conversations going, um, you can learn more by going to Kofi, that's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash the Brazilian Beat, where you can learn about becoming a community member and support our podcast you know we realize that it's tough times for a lot of people and if you want to continue to listen to us we totally support that but if you want to if you'd like to support us by you know sending some funds or some coffee we'd love that too um so ko-fi.com slash the brazilian beat become a part of our community Thank you. And we appreciate those of you who have become part of this community. It's been really great to, to see your support. Oh, it's so amazing. Yeah. It makes me tear up a little bit every time. Like, oh. <laughs> I know when we get those little emails. Aw. Yeah. yeah. A free way to support our podcast is to go to your podcast player and give us a five-star rating and a review. Um, Apple Podcasts is a great place to do that uh, and it helps other people find our show so thank you yeah we'd love to hear uh, back um, from you any reviews uh, feedback yeah don't be afraid we won't bite help us get better yes please do so Um, what was I going to say only five stars yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah All right, so we hope you guys enjoyed this interview with Herbert. I know you will, and we'll talk to you at the end. Bruno, you are one half of the duo duetto with um, Lucas Eduardo. Thank you so much for being here. We are very excited to have this chance to to interview you. É muito obrigada por estar aqui e por uh, 
dar a oportunidade para a gente te entrevistar. A gente sabe que você é parte do grupo Dueto, do Dua Dueto, e a gente está muito uh, feliz de que você uh, aceitou a, o convite. Eu que agradeço a vocês pela oportunidade de, de compartilhar né, a, a nossa história, a minha história, e isso é muito importante para o segmento do nosso trabalho, do instrumento, então, eu estou muito feliz de estar falando com vocês também. Uh, he says he's the one that's uh, excited and, and grateful for the opportunity. And um, he's excited to share not only the group story, but his story, which he thinks is, is important as, you know, they continue their, um, their work and their, uh, and their music. Mm -hmm. Great. Diana, how are you doing? Good cool. morning. I'm fine. I'm I'm also excited to to do this interview. So, yeah. bem-vindo, Ebech. Muito obrigado. Ebech, <laughs> you come from a, a family in uh, Sao Paulo, a samba family. Can you tell us about growing up, um, participating in samba as a as a young child? Uh, você vem de São Paulo, de uma família de samba. Você pode contar um pouco sobre isso e como você começou, como era a sua família e como você começou na música? Sim, sim. É... Desde pequeno, né, dos três anos de idade, eu sempre, quando eu, quando eu nasci, na verdade, meus pais já moravam no bairro onde já tinha uma escola de samba em frente à nossa casa. E aí, com três anos de idade, eu já estava já andando, já estava falando, eu entrei para dentro, dentro da escola também. E meus pais já faziam parte da, da direção da escola. E sempre que eu estava lá com eles, eu sempre ficava no quartinho da bateria. E tive a oportunidade do mestre João Leão, desde pequeno, a pegar baqueta, a pegar no instrumento, então, isso ajudou essa adaptação desde criança. Uh, so he says that, yeah, he is from São Paulo and he actually started, um, was introduced to samba around uh, when he was three years old. He, um, his parents, um, he was actually, when he was born, they already lived in the neighborhood where he grew up um, and his home was right in front of a samba school. And so he said that, you know, he, when he started walking, he, he walked right into the Samba school. And he was really lucky that uh, Mestre Julian was, um, you know, was, was the Mestre there, let him, you know, play, you know, pick up instruments, pick up uh, baquetas. And so he got introduced to it um, really early. And his, his parents were also um, on the Samba school staff. Um, and so they were very involved in it. Yeah. Um, we really, really, really need that photo that he used mm -hmm. on Conversa no Batuki. There's a picture that, that they showed of him as a tiny little kid in a fantasia playing <laughs> in the samba school. He needs to send that to us. <laughs> so uh, we can post it. A Courtney falou, ela sempre pede fotografias dos convidados para colocar no website. Ela falou que ela precisa essa foto de você de bem criancinha vestido de fantasia com um instrumento que você postou em outro lugar, porque ela achou bem gracinha. Sim, sim, eu mando. 
isso é muito legal, né? Hoje, pela é. idade que eu tenho e pelo o esforço que eu tive para chegar até aqui, eu olho essa, essa foto e outras, então eu me sinto muito orgulhoso, sabe? E também mostrar para as pessoas que, que o instrumento, que a música tem caminho certo e pode ajudar muitas pessoas também. Uh, he says that he loves that photo and he looks at it and it, it you know, fills him with pride because he's, he's, you know, he can see his sort of his path and and show people how music uh, has a really, you know, good road, how it, music can be a good road and it can actually really help people. Hmm. Diana, do you have, do you have a question? Um, I just wanted him to continue and to tell us more about his family life and 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 growing up in samba. É, conta pra gente um pouco sobre os seus pais. Você falou que eram que eram parte, faziam parte da direção da escola. Conta um pouco da, da escola e qual escola era e, e o trabalho deles no, na escola, se eles também tocam instrumentos. Então, é, desde pequeno, na verdade, é, a minha família, meu pai, minha mãe e minhas duas irmãs sempre fizeram parte da escola, que é Só Vou Se Você For, o nome. E, no caso, meu pai ele participava da, da direção da escola na secretaria e fazer as coisas afora para trazer é, coisas para dentro da escola. E minha mãe, ela sempre foi, trabalhou no ateliê, fazendo fantasias. Então, ela fazia muitas fantasias durante 15 anos, direto. E, e eu sempre na bateria. Eu sempre na bateria e, e eles deixavam eu ficar lá. Mesmo que eles iam para casa, eu ficava lá também. Então, eu, 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 eu me familiarizei com todos por causa dos meus pais porque eles tinham um, um nome muito forte dentro da escola. E aí foi assim que a gente criou uma, uma história dentro da escola de samba. Um, so, yes, his dad and his mom and his two sisters were all part of the samba school, which um, we've heard before on the other episode. Um, so, so vou se você for, which means I'll go if you go. Um, and he, his parents, his dad was actually part of like the administration team that helped to bring resources to the Samba school. And then his mom actually made costumes, um, for, uh, for the Samba school for 15 years in a row. She made some, uh, the costumes for not for the, for the school. Um, and so he was the one that was in the bateria and, um, so they were really well known and that's how he sort of got to know everybody because he, you know, they had a, the family was known within the confines of the school. Um, and he would stay with the bateria. He was the one that would stay there after they went home and they left. He would, he would stay. And, um, that's sort of how he got to know everybody just because, you know, they're, they frequented the school a lot. Um, you won the Hapikiji Oro competition as a as a young man. Can you tell us about that and and meeting Lucas? Você ganhou, você venceu o Hapikiji Oro de quando você era mais jovem e aí também você conheceu 
o Lucas. Conta para a gente um pouco sobre isso e como você conheceu ele e, e a competição. Então, o Lucas, ele veio primeiro, né, na verdade. Eu conheci o Lucas criança, era, a gente era criança ah. e a gente, morou, a gente morou sempre no mesmo bairro, coisa de 100 ah. metros, a minha casa e a dele. Ah, ok. Então, desde pequeno, a gente brincava, eu já tocava, né? Eu já fazia a parte, eu comecei a tocar com 3 anos de idade, então a gente brincava na rua, mas só que eu tocava, ele não. Ele chegou em 2008, e quando ele chegou, eu já estava já, já dominando o instrumento e também estava responsável como repinique base da escola. Foi aonde que eu vi ele tocando e puxei ele ali, como a gente já era amigo, eu ensinei ele muitas coisas. Então, ele tocou dois anos comigo, quando ele chegou, e no terceiro ano, que foi em 2010, eu chamei ele para participar do Repinique de Ouro. Que legal. É, repinique base, isso é exatamente... É Repinique Bossa. Do... É repinique Bossa. Ah, oh, Bossa, tá. Pode explicar um pouquinho sobre isso? Que é só para eu poder explicar bem em inglês. Tá, tá. É... Quando eu falo Repinique Bossa, eu era, eu era o único que chamava o samba. Nessa ah, época, tá. em 2010, só tinha eu. Eu fazia as perguntas, as respostas, apresentações, eu ia sozinho com o Repinique, então eu conduzia a bateria toda sozinho. Aí quando o Luquinhas veio em 2010, eu ensinei muitas coisas para ele e a gente foi para o primeiro concurso, foi em 2010. Ele, e ele foi junto, aprendeu e depois desse concurso a gente participou de mais três. E aí ele foi... E deu seguimento no trabalho que ele faz hoje também. Que legal. Um, so, yeah, actually, he met Lucas first uh, before um, the Hippie Giotto competition. And he says that he knew Lucas from when they were from when they were they were kids. They lived in the same neighborhood. Um, their houses were about 100 meters apart. He already played because, you know, he mentioned he started playing when he was three years old. And so but they would play together, you know, in the neighborhood on the street and You know, by the time when, by 2008, when um, Lucas came to play with um, with him and they started playing together, you know, he already was dominating his instrument. He was already the hippiki bossa, which is the hippiki that calls in the samba and that does the, the, the lead that does all the calls. Um, and so he really sort of showed him a lot, of, you know, everything he knew. And because he knew him from the neighborhood, when he saw him playing at the school, he sort of, you know, said, you know, let me show you what I know and sort of took him in and uh, under his wing. And so then, um, you know, from there, they just started playing together. And then he invited him to come to the Hippie Giotto um, competition. Um, and that was in 2010. So, so yeah, he has known Lucas for, for quite a long time. Yeah. Wow. E daí o, uh, a competição, a primeira foi em 2010? Isso, a primeira foi em 2010. E aí, a, o Luquinhas, ele, ele tinha acabado de chegar no instrumento e foi incrível que tudo que eu passei para ele, ele pegou e, sem medo, ele foi lá comigo e a gente disputou com mais 10 duplas, 12, né, na verdade. E aí, a gente foi o último a se apresentar nesse dia e, quando a gente tocou, tava a minha família 
tava a família dele, estavam nossos amigos, então foi muito importante esse primeiro ano. E aí depois, 2011, a gente participou também, mas a gente não ganhou por, por um acontecimento que teve, né? que na verdade não achamos justos. E aí em 2012 e 2013, como a gente já estava mais experiente, e o Luquinhas também já tinha evoluído bastante, então tudo que eu criava, ele conseguia pegar com muita facilidade, então foi fácil. 2012 e 2013, a gente disputou e, e a gente ganhou também, porque a gente criava muita coisa diferente, coisas que as pessoas nunca tinham visto. Então, isso foi muito importante. E no, em 2010, a gente ganhou dinheiro. Primeiro concurso, mil reais a gente ganhou também. Então, foi um, uma coisa que agregou muito para o dueto, que a gente nem imaginava que ia acontecer, e o dueto já aconteceu aí, mas a gente não sabia. Então, acho que isso foi um caminho muito importante para a gente. Que legal. Um, so just so uh, it's clear, um, Lucas started playing with, in 2008, <laughs> and by in two years, he <laughs> was taught enough um, by Eberti to be able to win the Picciotto contest. Um, nice. And yeah. <laughs> and so they, you know, he had just started playing, but he was like really quick to get stuff and to, and to really understand things. So they went up against um 12 other teams of two and all their friends and family were there and so it was really exciting that they actually um won in in 2010 and in 2011 they didn't win but he says it's it was due to some kind of technical thing that they didn't even think was fair um that they had been mm. called on and then it, they won in 2012 and 2013 um and so he said that it was like for them you know he would be the one to sort of create ideas and 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 then Lucas would pick it up like super fast. Um, but he said that the win in 2010 um, was sort of uh, instrumental because not only, you know, did they win, but they also won money. Um, they won a thousand reais. And so it was really important for them to sort of, you know, um, it's they see it as like the beginning of the road to what is now Dueto and like what mm. they've been able to do with that. So... Yeah, two years. That's pretty, pretty wow. impressive. Holy cow, yeah. <laughs> I guess I didn't realize that, that they competed in the Hipikiji Oro as a team. I thought that yeah, was I an individual, um, com like a competition just for like individual players. Hipikiji, yeah. O Hipikiji Oro é só para duplas ou tem diferentes categorias que você pode fazer de individual, de dupla, de... Como é, Sim, como é tem. Tem, tem. Tem o individual, a dupla e o, e o trio. Em, dois ah. mi, em 2010, eu participei no individual também e na dupla. Ah. E, eu, ah. e eu fiquei em primeiro lugar no individual e na dupla também, mas só que a organização, eles não iam dar três epiniques, né? Então, eles preferiram que a dupla ganhasse do que eu ganhar. E aí foi uhum. bom porque cada um ganhou um repinique e cada um ganhou 500 reais. Mas eu participei no individual também e fiquei em primeiro lugar. E eles trocaram. Caraca! Eu, eu acho injusto. Você deveria te ganhar tudo. Se você ganhou, ganhou, é. né? Pois é. 
Um, so in t- <laughs> in t- <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> I have the I got the nervous laughter, coffee laughter. Um, so in 2010, he actually did compete. So that so this the hippie the hippie judo has three categories, like an individual category, the the double that you know the duo that they did, and they have a, a three. Too. So like three people can do like a, an arrangement as well. And actually in 2010, he won the individual and the, the, the uh, duo. <laughs> and the organizers were like, no, you're not going to get both prizes. <laughs> so they, they like let the, the duo win. And they gave, you know, they gave the the, the spot Aww, for the individual to someone fair. else. I don't think it's fair either. Aww. I think it's, this, yeah. How does it feel? How does individual winner feel is what I'm wondering. Yeah. <laughs> like he only won because yeah, right. he didn't want to give it to right. him. So. Anyway, so yeah, so that's the that's the setup of the of the uh, Happy Nikki Giorno. Hmm. Gotcha. Diana, do you have a question? Yeah, so... He mentioned that this was the kind of the initials, you know, the start of Duetto. When did they actually start working together as this group, per se? Então, Rebeth, você falou que que foi que 2010 que você ganharam foi meio que o começo do caminho de do grupo que agora é Duetto. Como você começou Duetto? Foi quando, quanto depois da, de que vocês fizeram esse, o, a competição e como foi essa evolução da, do grupo? Então, de, quando a gente participou dos concursos, o Luquinhas tocava no Rosas de Ouro já e eu tocava na Tom Maior. Então, eu tive pessoas na Tom Maior que me ajudaram muito na minha evolução, eu evoluindo na Tom Maior, e o Luquinhas evoluindo no Rosas de Ouro, com essa bagagem né, do, dos concursos, e em 2014 eu fui tocar no Rosas, foi quando uhum. a gente se juntou, e a gente começou a fazer as coisas que a gente fazia nos concursos, na quadra do Rosas, com a bateria e com a quadra cheia, então ali despertou muitas pessoas, e aí a gente falou, caramba, as pessoas gostam do que a gente faz, né? Eles ficam malucos, então a gente precisa continuar e melhorar, né? O que a gente fazia em 2010, 11, 12, 13, já ficou para trás. Agora a gente precisa colocar mais coisas difíceis, coisas que as pessoas nunca viu. E aí, a partir de 2014, que a gente começou a aprimorar o nosso, nosso trabalho, nossos solos, e em 2016, a gente oficializou o dueto. A gente falou, a gente precisa ter um nome. Não pode ser só o Ebert e o Lucas do Rosas. A gente uhum. precisa ter um nome, uma camisa, um, um boné, uma página no, na internet. Então, a gente começou a pensar mais nesse projeto em 2016. Um, so, em uh, 2014, so, at, so, around the time, like, after the competitions that they won, um, they were at different at separate samba schools. Um, he, um was at Tomayor and Lucas was at Rosas de Ouro. And in 2014, 
um, Erbechi went over to Jose's Gioro and they, start, they started playing together. But by this time, you know, they've, they've been at the competitions, they've been doing things together, playing together, coming up with arrangements that Erbechi came up with. Um, and so they would be doing, you know, the arrangements and the cool stuff, the tricks that they did together at the Samba school. And the, they realized with the whole bateria, right, as part of the like the arrangement that they would do with bateria. Um, and like the ideas that they came up for with the competitions, they would share them in this bigger, you know, arena in this bigger space. And mm. so um, what they noticed is that people loved it and that people were like, what is this? Like they were super excited about like these cool things that they were doing. Um, and so like, they kind of got the idea. Well, if, if everybody is really loves this, you know, cool stuff, why don't we do that as, you know, together and, and do that as part of, a, you know, like an official thing. And so show. Started, official yeah. show. So I started thinking about, you know, creating this group, creating Dueto. And in 2016, that's when they officially, you know, said, okay, if we're going to do this, we need, you know, a website, we need a t-shirt, we need, you know, a name, we mm -hmm. need all of those mm -hmm. official things to, to make it real. And so that's what happened in 2016. And they, and so they, they figured let's do, let's continue doing that cool stuff, stuff that people haven't seen before um, and go with it. Yeah. Very cool. So Herbert. I understand. Do you, you write most of the material for Duetto? It's um, you have come up with most of the ideas. Uh, então, Herbert, você faz a, a maior parte da criação dos arranjos das ideias do Duetto? Sim, sim. Isso daí já é uma coisa que eu sempre fiz desde pequeno. Eu sempre criei minhas coisas. É, eu tenho um, um dom que é uma coisa que eu gosto muito de fazer, é criar e pensar. Tanto que nos concursos, no Repinique de Ouro, eu que criava, né? Porque como o Lucas estava novo ainda na, no instrumento, então eu que tinha que fazer toda a criação para passar para ele. Mas aí, como foi passando o tempo, a gente foi crescendo, o Luquinhas também acabou que... Ele entrou nessa onda de criação também. E como ele fez aula de batera, né? Ele estudou muita técnica. Então, ele acabou agregando isso. E aí, hoje, eu crio e ele cria também. Então, a gente consegue juntar as nossas coisas e ver o que é o melhor para, para a proposta, para o momento. Mas eu sempre criei. Tanto que eu crio arranjos de, de bostas, da bateria do Rosas de Ouro também. Esse ano foi duas bostas que eu que criei. Então, é uma coisa que eu já, desde pequeno, eu sempre gostei de fazer, que é criar também. Que legal. Uh, eu gostaria de ouvir as bostas, porque eu adoro. Esse é, é, a, a gente toca nas baterias do camp lá em Califórnia e, e as bostas são a minha coisa preferida. Então, eu gostaria de ouvir as suas, as suas bostas. Pode ouvir, tá? Ficou muito legal. A gente ganhou sete prêmios. Nossa, que legal. Um, so he, yeah, he, he is the one that, um, you know, he started to be the one that created things, um, because of course, as we, as we mentioned before, Lucas had only been playing for two years, uh, before they went to the competition. Crazy. Um, and so he was, you know, he was the one that had to create, right. Because, um, he was, because Lucas was rather new to the instrument. And so he would come up with it, but it's something that he's always loved doing since he was a kid. 
Um, he says it's just something that like a gift that he had to, and he loved to do it. And so it was just come naturally to him to, to create, um, create, you know, those kinds of arrangements. But, um, but he said that, you know, as time went on, of course, uh, you know, Lucas plays more now and he has dominated the instrument. He also brings um, different set of knowledge because he has learned more technique. Um, he also ha- brings um, knowledge of a drum kit, like he plays drum kit. Um, and so now he also creates. And so now there are processes when they're coming up with new things for depending on what it's for. Um, they'll create together, see what's good, see what works together, or maybe somebody else's works better. Like it's just a matter of, of um, you know, outlining who, what works together. Um, but he yeah, says that, yeah. you know, he's still, he's still, he's still into creating. He talked about that, you know, that he created um, this last carnival for Hosas. He created two of the breaks, two of the bosses, um, mm-hmm. and they won seven um, awards for their presentation at, at carnival. Uh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I've yeah. Got, actually got questions later about his um, work on the breaks with Hosas. But um, I'm sorry. Are you done, Sylvia? Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. I'm so excited. <laughs> um, I'm curious when he started playing Hapiki more and like what drew him to that. Was it because to have the different balance of voices in duetto? I'm I'm sure he's probably playing it before that, but um, that's kind of now his role and his seems like that's his instrument. Um, that's what he plays in in Holsus and duetto. I'm I'm. I'm curious about his evolution onto that instrument. Uh, então, Courtney tem curiosidade de a sua evolução no instrumento quando você começou a tocar o repique mor e, e se você agora você toca repique mor também no, no, na escola de samba no, no, na Rosas. Então, como é que você chegou a tocar esse repique e so, a evolução do dos seus instrumentos, né? De dos seus instrumentos que você toca. Então, é, o repinique de 12 polegadas, que é o repinique tradicional, eu toco ele desde os três anos. E, de, e aconteceu os concursos, né? Do repinique de ouro. Eu também estava tocando ele junto com o Lucas. E em 2016, o Rosas de Ouro falou de um tema que tinha a ver com é, coisas africanas, orixás, e o mestre pediu para eu tentar né, tocar o Repinique More, porque ia agregar e ajudar de alguma forma. Então eu, eu topei, né, e ali começou a, essa história com o Repinique More, porque ali já envolveu é, dedicação, né, esforço, e buscar o conhecimento do instrumento. Eu não, eu nunca tinha tocado, mas eu já via as, as pessoas tocando e ali só de olhar eu já comecei a ver, né, o, o que, que era certo, qual era a batida, qual era a história. Então ali eu tive que me doar muito a partir desse momento que foi em 2016. E aí, como as nossas peças era com dois epics de 12, era muito bom. Mas com o repique maior, que já era um mais grave, junto com o do Lucas, 
Aí ficou perfeito essa junção. Foi aí que eu falei, pô, agora eu vou ficar com o Epic More. Hum. Vou, vou tocar com o More na, na Rosas de Ouro, na bateria, e vou tocar com o Epic More no dueto também, porque ficou muito bom essa junção. Um, so he says that he started playing um, Hibiki, as he mentioned, when he was, when he was three. That's the, the 12 inch that he started playing. And so that was his instrument when he was in the competitions. That was his instrument. Um, and then just a short four years ago in 2016, um, Hoses had a theme for Carnival that was um, a sort of an Odisha's, like an African theme for the, or like African roots theme for the Carnival. And so the Messi asked him to see what he could do to incorporate the Hebihi more, just to give it a little, you know, more depth or, you know, how to sort of incorporate it into what they were doing for, for that carnival. And he had never played it, um, but he had seen people play it. Um, and so he felt like, you know, he could, you know, but obviously he had to dedicate himself to getting the knowledge and understanding the instrument and really trying to get his head around sort of the differences and what it could offer in terms of a different, a, a deeper sound. Um, and so he, as he, as he started to sort of play with it and understand it and understand the role within the arrangement of Hepikis, he was, he loved it. And he was like, this is the, the, the way that it contrasts with the regular Hepiki, um, makes a difference and, you know, it could make a difference in how we play with the arrangements for Dueto too. So since then, you know, he sort of, that's, he, that's his instrument now. But it wasn't that long ago either. <laughs> yeah, really. Well, yeah, it's in the United States. The the hippie more is is not very common, but people are learning about it. Um, can you tell us about uh, his the drum he plays and the heads the head that he uses and what's his? Tell us about his setup. Então o o hippie more aqui nas nos Estados Unidos nas pessoas que tocam percussão brasileira bateria um, não, a, o repique mor não é muito conhecido, né? A gente agora só agora só agora estamos começando a entender esse instrumento, conhecer o instrumento. Uh, pode falar um pouco sobre é, o what was the question there, Courtney? The setup, the setup just, of like yeah, just curious about like some technical nerd stuff. Um, a Courtney like... tem a curiosidade de a técnicas, como o tipo de instrumento que você usa, a, a pele que você usa, é, so, o, o setup, sabe, a coisa técnica do instrumento. Sim. Então, na verdade, o Repini que mora, ele começou, ele começou no Rio de Janeiro, né? A bateria da Beija Flor, com bem percussão, há muitos anos atrás. E ele não, nunca foi um instrumento de, de, de uma ala na bateria, sabe? Igual o repinique normal. Ele sempre foi tocado por três pessoas, e aí, no ano de, de 2009, 10 em diante, ele foi para a bateria da Unidos da Tijuca, com o vaguinho do repique, levou para lá, criou uma ala. Então, ali que, que o, o pessoal do, das baterias começou a ver o repique, o repique morto com outros olhos. E aí, em São Paulo, a galera adotou essa, essa parada de repique mor. Então, assim, em 2015, ele chegou na Tom Maior, o repique mor, mas eu não tocava. E eu via os meninos tocando. 
Então, depois que eu comecei a tocar em 2016, eu fui procurar saber da história, eu fui procurar entender o timbre, o que era melhor para mim, se era o Repenic de 14 polegadas, se era o de 16 polegadas. Hoje, eu tenho quatro Repenic More. Dois de 14 polegadas e dois de 16. Pode traduzir que eu, eu termino depois. <laughs> that. Um, so he said that the Hippie War was actually created in Rio. Um, Beja Flor was the first, um, the first Samba school to use it. Um, it wasn't, but it wasn't uh, a section, right? Like the other instruments, it was played by three people um, that sort of played within, you know, the the rest of the Hippie Aula, uh, the section. Um, in, 20, uh, in 2009, 2010, uh, Vaguinho um, do Repique from Chiju uh, took it to Chijuca, um, and he actually created a section uh, of Repique Mor. Um, and then in 2015, that's when it got to Tomayo, but he didn't play it. He watched other people play it. Um, but again, you know, that was the next year is the one where the Mestre asked him to sort of incorporate it more and to make an arrangement for the for the theme that year. Um, and so that's when he started to start to understand the timbre and sort of what it offers. And so now he has, um, he has four of them to 14 inch and to 16 inch. Pode continuar. <laughs> então, e aí, é, em 2016 para 17, a gente recebeu o convite da, da contemporânea para fazer parte né, do time e testar algumas peles né, de repinique. E aí, a partir dali, eu comecei a conhecer mesmo o instrumento, né, o pessoal da, da fábrica já mostrou para a gente a qualidade, tudo essas coisas. E aí, foi quando eu peguei um repinique de 14 polegadas com uma pele super nylon. Né? 14, era, ele é 14 por 40. E aí, a primeira pele que eu toquei com o Epic Morph foi a Super Nylon, e foi a pele que eu gostei, que eu conseguia tirar o som, o timbre, com o slap muito bom, o grave dela também muito bom. E tem a diferença, né, porque o Repnic de 16 polegadas, que eu também tenho, ele é maior, então exige mais, né, exige mais força, exige mais técnica na mão esquerda, que no meu caso eu sou destro, então, o mesmo slap que eu tiro no Epinic de 14, não vai ser o mesmo no 16. Então, eu preciso é, ter uma intensidade maior. Então, como eu toco com o 16 no, no desfile, eu já tenho uma resistência que com o de 14, para mim, é tranquilo. Então, vai de cada proposta, sabe? Na bateria, no geral, eu preciso um Epinic de 16 para ele poder sobressair e eu vou conseguir fazer com que as pessoas escutam. Agora, para o dueto, gravação, é, apresentação, eu levo o de 14, porque aí ele vai su suprir né, tranquilamente. Uhum. Um, so, in 2016 e 2017, ele foi actually invited by Contemporânea, um, the drum manufacturer to help test heads for their Hepikimor. Um, and so the factory 
you know, invited them, showed them the quality, like the manufacturing process, all of that. Um, and so uh, after that, he started using um, the super nylon head on the 14 inch Hippaniki. He said it was 14 by 40. Um, and so he really likes that. He thinks that it's a great sound. He gets a really great um, sound out of the slap uh, for that one. Um, and then the 16 inch, um, he said that because it's bigger, the sound is um, completely uh, he has to get the sound in a completely different way. He was saying that the slap that he gets, he's left-handed by the way. So the slap that he gets from the 14 inch is not the same as the 16 inch. Um, so for him, he has to really change like the, the force and power that he needs for the 16 inch is way different, but the sound is also different. So um, he said that, you know, he sort of, he, he, he's trained himself on the 16 because that's the one that requires more power. Um, but because it requires more power and because of its size, it also gets louder and like a, a more noticeable sound. So that's what he uses for carnival parades because people can actually hear it. Mm. Um, so then for like more conservative setups, like for shows or for recordings or things like that, where he doesn't need to be that loud, he really enjoys the 14 inch. And he said that he, because he can dominate the 16 inch, um, you know, because it needs so much power, the he like play, the fourteen inches like a piece of cake for him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, cool. Diana, did you have, <clears throat> did you have a question? Yeah, uh, on this kind of the same topic, we haven't asked this for a while, but what does he carry in his his bag when he goes to a gig? What's all in his bag? His accessories. <laughs> então. Uh, a gente sempre, uh, às vezes, pergunta para os convidados, quando você vai no show, ou talvez é diferente quando você vai na escola de samba, mas o que você leva com você na sua mala de instrumentos, de acessórios, o que você leva com você? Eu levo só umas três baquetas e a chave. <risos> e o talabarte. <risos> só. <risos> um, mas <laughs> his bag is pretty is pretty bare bones. He takes three baquetas, um, the key, the tuning key, and his instrument. That's it. Very streamlined. Nice. Um, could he tell us a little bit about his travels? Dueto has been able to kind of travel around the world. Can he touch on that? Um, você com Dueto já tocou e ensinou em muitos, lugar, muitos lugares. Você já viajou, né? Conta para gente um pouco sobre essas viagens e como foi levar o samba para o mundo inteiro. Meu, foi uma experiência muito legal, muito, muito especial. E, ao mesmo tempo, é, fica aquela coisa, você fala, caramba, mentira, né? Tipo, como assim? Mas isso tudo foi fruto do que a gente plantou, né? Desde de criança, é, envolve amizade envolve dedicação, então quando a gente estava é, no avião, na primeira vez que a gente partiu, que ele subiu, ali eu caiu a ficha, sabe? Eu tipo pensei, caramba, a gente está indo tocar em outro país, então a partir do momento que a gente saiu do Brasil, ali já a gente já, eu pelo menos já levei dentro de mim é, uma responsabilidade muito grande, né? que a gente tinha que fazer um ótimo trabalho. A gente não estava indo para curtir, 
não para não conhecer os lugares, a gente foi para trabalhar. Então, quando a gente chegou, primeira vez na França, a gente já sabia que a gente tinha uma responsabilidade e um compromisso com as pessoas. Um, he says it was a great experience. Um, you know, he says that, you know, the, the, on the one hand, it's something that's like really special to them. Um, but also it's something that he sometimes stops and is like, wow, like we, you know, we've gone to other places to, to play and to show our, our, our music. And so, um, he, he can't believe, he says he can't believe it, but then, um, At the same time, he knows that part of that, you know, that sort of ability that he's been that they've been able to go out and play is that he, um, you know, they did it with a with dedication to the instrument and also the friendship that he, that he and Lucas have created. It's sort of like this this you know, and this is my words, but like a tornado of positive energy, right? That has like created this ability for them to to um to travel and so he says that the first time that the plane took off um you know he really he was like wow we're really doing this we're really going to another mm -hmm. country to play um and so he said that it was a big responsibility that he felt like he had a commitment to the people that he was going to play for and teach and um that it wasn't just about having fun or getting to you know to be a tourist it was about having commitment to the people that were bringing him there um to you know, uh, to learn and to, to hear the music. Um, and the first place that they went was France. Um, so he said that, you know, it's, uh, he feels a big responsibility to, to do his best and show his best when he travels. Mm. Nice. Nice. That's a cool story that, that that's taken them that like friendship and love for the drum has taken them around the world. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, I we talked to Lucas about this, but I loved the breaks from Jose Gioru this um, past Carnival, and and Lucas told us that he had that uh, Herberge had written two of those, which we touched on earlier in this podcast. But um, yeah, can you tell us about that? I <laughs> I loved those breaks. Let's, let's... <laughs>
question is, does the, the mystery of the summer school just looking for people to write breaks or how does that process work exactly getting someone to allow you to write a break for the school? Okay, let me write this down. Um, yeah, sure. I told him I told him earlier, I was like, the buses are my favorite part. I want to hear yeah. them. Um, I tell, I, were awesome this year. <laughs> eventually, falando das buses, eh, a Courtney queria que você soubesse que ela ama as, todas as buses do, do carnaval do passado, né? que ela amou as buses da, da, da Rosas. E... Mas ela queria saber um pouco sobre... E ela sabe que você já falou para a gente uh, mais cedo que você criou duas das bolsas. Um, acho que essa pergunta tem duas partes. Um, como você se sentiu fazendo a boss, as, as bolsas? E também um pouco fala um pouco sobre o processo de como se criam as bolsas na escola. O mestre decide quem vai criar... É, tem muitos criando as bossas como é esse processo dentro da escola pa, para fazer esses, esses, essas bossas e o arranjo inteiro então é, como eu falei, eu sempre gostei de criar né na, na escola que eu comecei aqui no Sobos Você For um certo tempo eu também ajudava a criar algumas coisas e, e em 2015 no Rosas de Ouro a gente já começou a colocar a bossa lá também. Então, já vem de 2015 que a gente coloca bossas e arranjos. Hum. Então, assim, quando eu vou criar, eu penso muito no dia do desfile, né? Como que vai ser? Porque é uma responsabilidade muito grande. Porque tem jurado, né? Tem, eles vão dar as notas. Então, assim, para criar uma bossa para uma escola de samba do grupo especial com uma rosas de ouro precisa ter muito muito cuidado tem que ter muito cuidado tem que pensar bem tem que ouvir o samba várias vezes para você poder entender a melodia aonde cabe uma coisa em qual momento a escola pode evoluir dentro da bossa então assim é é um momento que eu quando eu vou criar que eu fico sozinho né eu tiro esse momento para focar mesmo no trabalho da, da bateria. E assim, o mestre Rafa, ele, quando sai o samba, o samba enredo, ele, ele já pergunta e já fala para gente gente, tem alguma coisa? Se tiver, pode, pode falar, pode trazer para a gente ver. Então, a partir desse momento, eu começo a pensar muito. Uhum. E o Luquinhas também. Então, essa última bossa de 2020, elas foram muito grandes. Então, eu fiquei muito feliz, porque deu muito certo. A escola gostou, a direção da escola gostou, a galera da bateria gostou, e eu fiz ela deitado na cama, no colchão. <risos> Isso é tão fácil, né? Tão fácil que você até estava deitando. Isso, eu usei, eu usei o colchão e meu corpo. Tipo, o colchão era o surdo, meu peito era a caixa, a perna era o epinique. Então, eu, eu consigo é, usar essas maneiras em qualquer lugar para poder colocar dentro de alguma coisa. Que legal. Um, 
yeah, so as he mentioned, you know, he 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 started creating when he was young, you know, even in the Samba school, the first one that he was part of, the one that he lived across the street from, so Vossi Vossi Um, he was creating bosses there too. And so in 2015, he started to create bosses for Hoses. And um, as he mentioned, that's the the 2016 um, in was the one that his uh, mestri, you know, asked him to, the one he talked about where he asked him to bring the hippie more and everything. Um, he sort of started asking him to do more of the arranging of the bosses. And so when he thinks about creating, um, he thinks about the parade and like what's going to happen that day. Obviously the theme plays into it. Um, he has to hear the samba, understand the melody, understand where the spaces are, um, uh, where, you know, the, the, Bateria can sort of evolve and play more than just like the basic rhythm. Um, mm-hmm. But he says that he's very careful because he thinks about what's going to happen that day with the judges, like all of that comes into play. Hmm. Um, hmm. And so the mestri is the one that asks, you know, you know, when they're starting to create, he asked him, you know, is there something that you want, you know, you're thinking about if you come up with something, bring it to us. So you can, you know, he can bring it. That doesn't mean they're necessarily going to use it. But obviously, when you're as talented as he is, they probably will. <laughs> um, and so both he and Lucas, you know, started to create. Um, and so in 2020, um, he created those two. And he said that he was really excited about it because it was like they were really big ones. Um, yeah, they were and, good, too. <laughs> and the school loved it. The, you know, the GSL, so like the. The people who run the school loved it. The mm. players loved it. And he he actually, you know, I guess this is a testament to how easy it is. I mean, when you started creating when you're three, you know, when you started playing when you're three years old. Um, <laughs> but he created these bosses lying down on a mattress. <laughs> and, you know, the floor was the surdu and his chest was, you know, another instrument mm. and his leg was another instrument. Uh, and so for him, it was so easy that he creates lying down. You know, he was just chilling sort of list you know creating um and that's how they came to him so it's you know obviously second nature Mm -hmm. him and lucas are doing online lessons and i'm participating in those and they're they're really fun and i'm learning a lot can you tell us about what that experience is like for him He's always in the background, by the way, doing like tech support and stuff. <laughs> he pops in every <laughs> once in a while and he'll say a comment and then pop out. Então, Betty, agora vocês estão com dueto, vocês estão fazendo aulas online. Como como é foi essa experiência para você? A Courtney falou que ela está fazendo as aulas e gostando muito e curtindo muito. Como é como foi a ideia e Fala um pouco da, sabe, do que você está sentindo fazendo essas aulas online. Então, foi o ano passado que a gente teve a ideia de querer compartilhar com as pessoas, né? Porque a gente, como a gente acabou virando profissional e a gente conseguiu enxergar muitas coisas no, nas pessoas que tocavam que estava faltando alguma coisa, né? Eles precisavam... É, conhecer mesmo o epinique, desenvolver legal, porque o instrumento ele precisa ser tocado corretamente. Uhum. Não é porque a gente toca no Rosas que a gente vai 
vai deixar de dar valor para outras pessoas de outros estados, de outra região. Então a gente falou, pô, vamos abrir uma, vamos abrir um, um vamos fazer, vamos ter um lugar para a gente poder ensinar as pessoas. E aí a gente teve a ideia de fazer essas aulas em outubro do ano passado, foi num estúdio aqui próximo aqui na cidade. E a gente começou com poucos alunos, mas a gente sempre pensou, tipo, vamos tentar. Hoje a gente está começando com 20, mais para frente a gente vai ter 30, 40, 50. E como a gente viajou para dar aula, a gente fazia workshops aqui no Brasil, isso ajudou muito. Então as pessoas viram o nosso trabalho como workshops, viagens, eles acabaram acreditando no dueto, na proposta. E assim, hoje a gente está muito feliz, porque além de ensinar as pessoas, a gente cria família, cria amigos. né? Então, assim, às vezes a pessoa não está num dia bom, a gente conversa, fora aula. né? A gente quer saber como a pessoa está, como que foi o dia dela. Então, para a gente hoje, é mais importante é ver o desenvolvimento e também ter as pessoas como um amigo. Então, para a gente, hoje é uma alegria muito grande poder compartilhar isso. Um, so, he, so, he said, actually, they had the idea last year of, um, you know, starting sort of this uh, studio classes. And so, they got, in October of last year, um, they got a studio and decided to start actually... Um, showing how to play because, you know, they, because they played so much professionally around the world and, and, you know, and they've also interacted with a lot of musicians, you know, he said that, you know, sometimes, you know, even in, um, you know, the Samba school, there can be, um, people who play really well, but then maybe there's like a technique issue or like playing things correctly. Um, and so he's like, just because we're, part of the Samba school doesn't mean that we can't play with the right technique, right? With the right, um, the, the, and learn more about the instrument. And, um, so he felt like there was something missing, um, like almost like a, a piece missing for those professionals who wanted to take it a step further and really sort of go deep into the instrument. Um, and so they had this idea to do the studio classes. And so the first time he said that not many people showed up, but he's like, if we keep going, more people will show up, you know, we'll get 30, 40, 50 um, students. Um, and because they've done workshops around Brazil and around the world too, I, he feels like people trusted what they were going to offer because they believed in, you know, what they were trying to teach and sort of their experience. Um, and so he thinks, you know, he thinks that, The other thing that he that he bring they bring to the table is that they've been able to not only create these classes and and create um, you know a, a a place of learning, but he said that they also really care about the students and they become sort of friends and family. So it's not just about um, the music; it's also about you know if you've had a bad day, asking people how they're doing and really getting to know them and. Um, sort of creating this space where people interact and get to know each other beyond just the teacher-student relationship. That's true. That is one thing that's special about that class. I've done a, a lot of online classes and um, yeah, there's a bit of a community created and, and you do, and 
I do feel like they care about about us. <laughs> it sounds silly to say it out loud, but yeah, that's nice. Uh, a Courtney falou que, que ela sente que, porque ela faz muitas aulas online, então ela pode ver a diferença que é verdade o que você está dizendo, que ela sente que as suas aulas é, têm esse elemento de comunidade, né? que ela sente que vocês verdade, são verdadeiros e verdadeiramente é, cuidam dos, dos alunos, né? que vocês se interessam além de, de ser aluno musical, que você se interessa na pessoa também, criar essa amizade que ela acha que... Então, ela acha que, sim, que tem esse elemento especial nas suas aulas. Sim, sim, é, é importante, né? Porque o que a gente veio passando durante esse ano, né? muitas coisas ruins aconteceram, hum. e a gente ter a oportunidade de se conectar com as pessoas, mesmo longe, é muito bom, né? Às vezes... É o que eu falei, as pessoas precisam ter alguma coisa para fazer. E a pandemia acabou ajudando né, nesse, nessas aulas online. Porque a gente pensou muito para fazer a aula online também. Porque não podia mais fazer presencial. A gente falou, pô, vamos tentar fazer online, vamos conversar com eles, com a galera que fazia já, e vamos tentar. E aí eles super apostaram na ideia. E aí foi muito bom, porque já conseguimos alunos de outros países, do interior aqui do, da cidade. Então, é, é muito legal poder dividir isso. Né? Pelo momento que a gente passou, é legal dividir. É uma hora e vinte, uma hora e meia que a gente tem com eles, mas é muito importante. Isso é importante compartilhar. E a gente tendo essa experiência online e trabalhando... Quando a gente se encontrar com as pessoas, o clima já vai ser de amigo, sabe? Mesmo não conhecendo pessoalmente, mas quando a gente se reencontrar, a gente já vai ter essa amizade, a gente vai poder conversar tranquilamente. Então, é muito legal saber que, que as pessoas gostam. So he says that, and that's so weird. I was on mute, but I didn't put myself on mute. Uh, so he said that, yes, that um, this year especially, was um, sort of uh, really showed the fact that that's really important, the connection part, because, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's been happening and all of the horrible things that have happened this year, um, that people really needed something to do, right? Something to connect to. And so that they immediately thought, like, can we do this? Let's do the online classes. Um, and he said that it's, you know, the, the pandemic almost sort of, helped get you know people interested in online classes um as they went from having studio classes with people just in their in their city to people like you in other countries and people in other cities in brazil and other areas of brazil um but he said that yeah what you know what's important to him is that you know the 90 minutes of course is important with the te with teaching and 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 sharing knowledge mm -hmm. and that kind of thing but the community aspect also helps um you know give people that connection in this in this difficult time that we're going through um that you know and also when we finally get to see each other we finally get to be together um that the the connection and friendship will will already be established that's great um 
We know that they continue to work and do all kinds of projects throughout this pandemic. Um, and one of those recent works was with Vicio Di Samba. Can he talk about this video? It was really awesome. It had great energy. And um, how did it come together? And will there be more collaborations like this? Mm -hmm. um, então, Betty, agora com a pandemia, você falando da pandemia, né? É, os projetos diferentes que a pandemia talvez surgiram por causa disso, né? Que a gente está fazendo muitas coisas online. Um, a Diana quer saber sobre é, o seu projeto com vício de samba e como surgiu e se você vai fazer de novo outra, vai ter mais com eles. Então, o vício de samba, na verdade, eles também usaram é, esse tempo da pandemia para juntar eles lá, que é os meninos, e começaram a tocar e começaram a divulgar na internet. E, e esses meninos do Vício de Samba, a gente, eles moram aqui também, no bairro. Então, a gente conhece eles desde criança também. Hum. E cada um deles é músico e tocaram em vários grupos de pagode diferentes aqui na cidade. E aí, quando eles se juntaram, fizeram todo esse trabalho que eles estão fazendo, jogando vídeos... E a gente que mora aqui, eles convidaram eu e o Luquinhas para fazer uma participação em um vídeo. E esse vídeo foi bem onde a gente nasceu, ali na quadra da escola de samba, só se você for, na parte de fora. Hum. Então, o que a gente quis, eles convidando a gente, foi tipo para mostrar para as pessoas essa união né, do bairro e também fazer música, fazer, fazer samba. E, então, por por a gente já conhecer eles e eles saber da do nosso talento que é o Epinic para eles ia agregar muito na música que eles mandaram para gente então a gente criou também o arranjo e os breaks do vídeo entendeu então assim foi muito bacana acho que foi um dos vídeos mais bacana que eu vi esse ano a galera gostou muito teve muita visualização e eles convidaram a gente de novo para participar do DVD Está hum. em processo de, de ideias, eles estão pensando, mas já recebemos convite para fazer outro vídeo. Na verdade, é o DVD. Que legal. Um, so, yes, he actually, um, the project with Visu de Samba, he said that they, um, they, all, they all, those guys are also part of the area where they, they're from the same city and in the same neighborhood. Um, and they would play, they played, all of them played with different groups, uh, pagodi groups in the area. So they've known each other a long time. And so they invited um, Erbechi and Lucas to be part of, um, part of this uh, video. Um, and it actually was, the point was to show the unity of the neighborhood. And actually, it was actually done in the outside part of the headquarters of the Samba school, his first Samba school, um, So Vosi Vosi For. And so the, the, the actual recording was done at the Quadra, the HQ. And so he said that they created the breaks for that and part of the arrangement. And he said that he was really excited about it, that the video was like really cool, got a lot of uh, views. Um, and so that the, the project does continue because they actually got invited to um, to do the, another video as part of their D, the DVD that they're coming out with. So... So yeah, so they're going to continue that partnership. 
That was such it was such good energy. I just watched it over and over again and reposted it. <laughs> the camera on that was it like a camera on a on a line or something it was going in and out so fast roller like on a roller or something um você é uh, você sabe como eles fizeram a a, a gravação que a, a Courtney falou que a a a câmera era muito muito rápida que que ela não sabe como como fizeram ah tinha tinha um um menino é o De Luca o nome dele, ele que fez a filmagem, então quando a gente começou a tocar, ele, ele ficava andando muito Uau. rápido mesmo, e, e, cada, e, e cada parte ali, que nem o Repique fez uma coisa, o Tantan fez outra, ele, ele já ia é. direto no, no instrumento certo, na hora certa, right. e aí quando todo mundo tocou, que juntou, aí ele pegava todo mundo, mas cada uhum. parte do da bossa ali, do, do pagode, do samba, ele já ia na pessoa certa que ia fazer. Então, para ele é um trabalho, também uma responsabilidade grande, né? Porque o vídeo precisa sair bom para as pessoas. Então, para ele é muito cuidadoso fazer esse lance de você estar tá ali, pegar o instrumento, a mão da pessoa que está fazendo, trocar para outra, porque, na verdade, esse arranjo do, do pagode que a gente criou, é coisas que a gente faz na bateria. Então, uhum. era diferente para eles. Então, uhum. o De Luca, que filmou, para ele também foi uma experiência nova, talvez. Um, so that, so that's super cool. I haven't seen this video. Now I have to see oh this video. Oh, my gosh. So, um, so fun. So, he said that the guy, the guy that does the, did the filming with, is named De Luca. And he, um, he actually did. He went... In, you know, he would do fast um, filming and shots of each instrument. Um, and so he would sort of walk around and, you know, go really fast toward each um, 
instrument when they were doing the when it was their part um and then he'd obviously in the different other takes get takes of all of them together um but yeah it was, it was him basically walking around so he said it was a really big responsibility for him because he had to get everything um you know yeah he must have been uh, moving out. so fast <laughs> yeah and um he said the other thing is that you know they did they basically did what is normally like a bateria arrangement for bateria into a pagogi and so that for him it might have been <laughs> might have been something completely different too and so um so he's obviously the result was amazing but yeah it took uh it was the work of of this guy that uh had this idea to do it that way yeah, we'll we'll post a link to it. But for people who haven't yeah. seen it, they're all in kind of a half circle, all the players. And this guy, every time someone takes a bit of a solo, he's just right up in on them. And then he moves back out. And then he goes right up in on the next person who's doing like their feature. And it's all really smooth. He must have one of those gyroscope things. But I thought it was on like, a you know, those fishing line ones, they put them on like fishing poles and move them. I in thought and it was on a roller or something. Yeah, it's, it's so fast. So smooth, too. It's smooth, yeah. That's anyway. the thing. So we liked it. And I just forwarded it to you, uh, Sylvia, on Insta. Awesome. Um, <laughs> um, I wanted to ask him about working as a duet. Obviously, he and Lucas are very close, and they've been um, working since they were kids. Um, I'm sure they're, you know, they have their fights and whatnot, but how is it working as a, as a duet this tightly for so long? Um, você já trabalhou com o Lucas muito tempo, né? Vocês se conhecem muito, muito tempo e já são é, tocam junto há muito tempo. Como é um, para você ter esse dueto com ele? É, é o que eu que já fiz parte de um grupo também de música, sei que deve, às vezes tem esses desentendimentos e tudo isso, mas mas você tem uma, tem, vocês têm uma amizade tão boa. Como é que vocês uh, trabalham juntos? É, como é que vocês levam essa, uh, essa relação tanto profissional como perso pessoal? Ah, eu fico... Na verdade, eu, eu fico orgulhoso né, por ele. Porque da mesma maneira que teve pessoas que que me ajudou quando eu estava começando, eu também ajudei ele de alguma forma. Mas é, a amizade veio primeiro, né? Então, assim, hoje hoje não, né? A gente sempre teve uma amizade muito tranquila. A gente nunca se desentendeu nenhuma vez. né? A gente está sempre junto, ele vai na minha casa, eu venho na casa dele, eu conto os meus problemas para ele ele conta os problemas dele para mim, e a mãe dele também é muito legal, o, a família dele, a minha família também gosta dele, então, o que a gente passou lá atrás, o que eu pude ensinar para ele, é, foi, tudo dependia dele, né, então, hoje ele é o, para mim, é o número um, né, para mim ele é o número um, por causa da dedicação dele, né? É a dedicação dele, o esforço dele, que ele ele é uma ele é uma pessoa que ele não ele não vai fazer a eu sou diferente, eu já sou mais agitado, né? Se alguém fizer alguma sacanagem com a gente, eu vou ser o primeiro 
a, a brigar. Ele não. Ele vai pensar muito para tomar alguma atitude. Né? Então, de alguma forma, eu aprendo com ele, né? do jeito dele, essa paciência de poder enxergar as coisas de outra maneira. E também, ao mesmo tempo, ele acaba aprendendo né? a, a realidade de algumas coisas. Porque eu, eu comecei tocando com um monte de pessoas que talvez não, não era de boas índoles, né? Comecei na época lá atrás, que era difícil tocar, a galera batia nos intimistas, e ele não pegou isso. Ele já chegou já pegando a, a evolução da, da, da história do, do carnaval. Mas a, a nossa amizade é muito tranquila, nunca rolou nada de desentendimento. E hoje eu fico feliz de trabalhar com ele, porque foi tudo que a gente conquistou hoje foi por causa do esforço dele também, porque se ele não, não se esforçasse, não, não enxergasse o que, que era o repinique, o que, que era o, o samba, o que, que era aquilo ou aquilo outro, a gente não ia estar tá aqui, né? a gente não ia nem estar tá conversando. Então, eu devo muito a ele também. Um, so he said that, you know, this is so interesting, um, cause I asked him, I was like, you know, I, I've been part of a group too. And obviously there's, there's always a, a, you know, those, uh, disagreements, right. Mm -hmm. But he said that, um, the friendship came first, um, with Lucas, his friendship obviously came first. And so they've never fought, not even once have they <laughs> had a disagreement, um, and that he is really proud of him, um, that he he says that, you know, just like he had people help him to understand the instrument and learn, he helped, um, Lucas. Um, but, um, but their friendship is, is really strong. And so he said that, you know, today he's sort of his number one, you know, because not only does he have this dedication and this effort that he really puts into his music and his, his instrument, um, but they also have this, this really close, um, relationship where, you know, he tell, they tell each other their problems. Um, you know, he comes over to the house, uh, he's friends with his mom, his family, you know, uh, <laughs> family loves Lucas. Um, and then, so, you know, he knows that, um, you know, that he's, he's proud of him because of what he's been able to accomplish, obviously to Edbechi's credit for, for teaching him a lot. Um, but at the same time, and bet she learns a lot from Lucas too. He said that he's the more hot-headed of the two. So if somebody like does something to them, um, you know, in the musical area where stuff can happen, he's the first one to sort of, you know, get out there and be ready to fight. Um, but that Lucas is the more calm one, the more thoughtful one, the more patient one um, that sort of takes a step back and tries to, get, you know, get to the reality of things. And so he sort of learns um a lot from Lucas on on you know sort of that his way and how he deals with things in a more um in a more tranquil way um and that you know he also is you know he's really thankful for the fact that they play together because um not only because when Edbechi started playing he said that he didn't always play with the best people in terms of not not, not talking about um technique or about skill but just like about, you know, the way that people play or like the way that people are. Um, you know, he talked about how there's, mes you know, different mestres or leaders that have, that actually hit their players, right? Like, like mm -hmm. physically hit them. 
Um, and so he, he's grateful for the fact that, you know, with him and Lucas, it's just like this great relationship. Um, and so he is, you know, he has this positivity, um, as part of his music, but then he also says, um, that he's all, you know, he's grateful to Lucas too, because if it wasn't for his dedication and sort of what they, he was able to learn so quickly, um, and, evolves in in such a great way that they wouldn't he wouldn't be talking to us right because duet would not exist hmm. so he owes him a lot too hmm. what does he see as the future for duet though you guys have traveled the world obviously there's a pandemic but um once things calm down and and open up what does he see as the future for the group um, obviamente, agora com a pandemia, você sabe, a gente não pode viajar e, e mas vocês já viajaram muito, vocês já já tocaram em muitos muitos lugares. Como você, talvez depois da pandemia, como você vê o futuro para dueto? Quais são os seus sonhos para o grupo? É, como você vê o futuro do profissional de você? A ah, gente a gente pensa muito, né, lá na frente. Mas primeiro a gente quer fazer acontecer hoje, né, no momento, na verdade. Tudo que a gente plantar agora, a gente vai colher lá na frente. Então, assim, com a pandemia, a gente acabou fazendo muitos contatos, né? As pessoas tá enxergando o dueto também de fora, tá acreditando e confiando no trabalho. Então, se a gente fizer um bom trabalho, né, na parte desse momento, acredito que lá na frente a gente vai vai ter recompensa, né? Então, pô, pensar em viagens, beleza? A gente pode pensar, a gente pode jogar material na internet para poder trabalhar para fora, mas só que como que a gente vai trabalhar lá fora pós pandemia se a gente não tiver fazendo um bom trabalho agora? Então, tudo que a gente faz, a gente faz é, pensando no momento. O que vai acontecer lá na frente, a gente não sabe, né? Mas a gente acredita que a gente tem chance e potencial para colher bons frutos lá na frente, que é, que é deixar a nossa família confortável, né? Poder ter uma, uma boa vida, não boa vida em questão de dinheiro ou... ou o material, mas assim, é, em paz, né? E com tipo pensamento de missão cumprida. Se sentir bem, sabe? Com o que a gente com, com o que a gente faz. Então, acho que o pensamento do futuro é esse, poder trabalhar, conhecer pessoas e poder dar uma, uma boa vida e segurança para nossa família. Um, so he said that, you know, they, obviously he does think about the future, but to him thinking about the future is actually thinking about what he needs to do today in this moment. Um, because he firmly believes that what he plants today is something that he'll, that they'll harvest later. Um, and so they've been using this pandemic to make contacts and do the online classes and, and all of that because, um, you know, he says, you know, he can think about travel and all of that, but really what that rests on is all of the things that he's doing right now to show his work and to show, um, you know, what he can do. Um, because he says that, you know, it's 
it's important to realize that, you know, he obviously they have the potential, they have the training, they have talent. Um, but if they're not working it every day, um, then obviously that's, you know, it's not enough to just have all of that. You have to actually put it into practice. And so he thinks that for him, the most important thing is thinking about the ability to have a life where he can provide for his family and also have a good life, not in terms of material wealth or anything like that, but just to be able to say, I've accomplished something, I've accomplished my mission. Um, and that just means really focusing on today and doing what he can to press forward and, and make the group, um, you know, and do the work now so that when the pandemic is over, they've got a, a even stronger foundation. So we know that for now, Carnival has been postponed or delayed until a later date in Sao Paulo. Um, what's happening with Hoses? Are they on the same schedule, um, you know, with rehearsals, choosing an enredo? Um, could he tell us about that? Um, então, a gente já sabe que o Carnaval foi adiado e a gente não sabe se vai ter, mas você pode falar um pouco sobre o que está fazendo um, a Rosas, eh, se, vo se vocês estão eh, escolhendo enredo, se tem ensaios online, como você está vivendo a pandemia, uh, a escola de samba? Hum, na verdade, não está tendo nada no Rosas. Né? Não está tendo nada. E como a gente não mora lá perto, a gente acaba que fica dependendo deles. Né, de alguma informação e eles não estão passando nada ainda e a, a, a bateria também não está trabalhando também a gente está esperando para saber como que vai ser se vai ter o carnaval mesmo mas já teve o samba teve uma live com os três sambas finalistas hum. aí já escolheu o samba novo mas só que a gente está com esse ponto de interrogação ainda então hum. assim Enquanto lá tá parado o Rosas de Ouro, esse lance de carnaval, eu e o Luquinha, a gente tá trabalhando todos os dias, diariamente, produzindo vídeos. Mas a gente tá mais é, pensando no nosso trabalho. Uhum. Porque é, a gente é só ritmista, né, lá no Rosas. Então, uhum. eu gostaria que a gente tivesse fazendo aulas online com os ritmistas, né, pelo menos cada naipe, um, um dia da semana mas só que a gente não pode fazer isso. Então, uhum. já que a gente não, não tem informação, não sabe o que vai acontecer, a gente procura mesmo só pensar no dueto e ficar uhum. nesse ponto de interrogação se vai ter carnaval ou não. Aí, quando eles falarem que vai rolar alguma coisa, aí a gente acaba pensando um pouco mais na escola de samba. Uhum. Um, so he said that right now they're focused, he's focused on dueto because there's actually not much going on at Jose's Gioto right now. Um, and in fact, they don't live that close to it. And so they sort of are at the mercy of the school sharing information with them. Um, he said that the bateria is not playing right now. There's no, mm. nothing going on with them. Um, they did pick a samba a few weeks ago. They had a live where they showed the three finalist sambas and they picked one. Um, so they, he knows that the samba exists, but at that, but that's it right now because there's obviously not, uh, they don't know what's going to happen if there is even going to be a carnival. Um, and so that sort of has 
made him and Lucas focus on Duetu and making videos and doing tutorials and that kind of thing because, uh, and they're doing it every day. Um, they're working every day on everything they can for Duetu because, you know, he mentions that at Hoses, he's, you know, he's just a player, right? He just plays. And so he can't, they can't say, let's do online classes or online rehearsals or anything like that because sure. that's not his role. He's not um, a leader. Um, but he said that, you know, when they get going, obviously he'll be there and then they'll, you know, then he can think about Hoses. So for now he's focused on, on what he can do for Duetu. Yeah, he posted a cool video a while back. He, him and he had taken, it looked like a um, a GoPro or maybe it was just a phone and had set it up really close to himself and Lucas and had taken the like a 20 minute video of them playing with the Samba School. It was awesome. <laughs> it was because um, you got to oh, hear everything right. was, they were doing. It was. That's um, right. It was really close. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. And you could see everything he was playing. It was, yeah, it was amazing. Um I'm, I would like to request more of those. <laughs> <laughs> with the Samba School, he said? With the, it was, yeah, it was with Halsus, yeah. but it was a few months ago. A Courtney falou que você fez um vídeo onde você colocou a câmera bem perto de vocês. O vídeo foi com a bateria de rosas, mas que dava para ver tudo que vocês estavam fazendo, porque estava, a câmera estava bem pertinho de vocês, que ela, ela gostaria de pedir que vocês fizessem mais desse tipo de vídeo, vídeo onde dá para ver tudo que você está fazendo, porque a câmera está bem perto. É, então, é, é que, na verdade, é, no, no ensaio técnico, no desfile, eles têm os canais, o, a imprensa, né? Então, hum. tem certos momentos que eles vão estar perto da gente e tem momentos que eles não vão estar. Não é uma pessoa específica que a gente põe lá para gravar. E como hum. as, as bostas ficaram muito legal, então chamou a atenção da galera. As frases hum. de repinique, nas chamadas que a gente colocou, isso atraiu eles. Então, hum. a bosta foi legal, os repinique bosta tava legal, então é automático eles ir lá e e fazer essa, essa filmagem. Hum. É normal. Todas as baterias, quando tá no recuo, ou tem uma parte da, da avenida que, que já sabem que vai sair bossa ali, uhum. que é perto das cabines dos jurados, então a imprensa já entra lá no meio, porque eles querem mostrar exatamente isso. Uhum. Uhum. Uh, so, Susie thinks that that was, um, it might have been a, a, a media, a video, like a, a video that the press took. Um... He said no, that, he that did when... it. Oh, he did it. No, uh, Corny falou que, que era um vídeo que você fez. Talvez ela pode mandar para você depois. Because they were like looking at the camera, like really close and trying to fix it. There was like something wrong. It's so, like the first like minute and a half. They're like staring straight into it. Talvez depois da conversação, a Courtney pode mandar o vídeo para você que ela tá falando que que ela gostou que deu para ver a técnica, né, de de pertinho. But anyway. Porque são muitos, é muito, é muitos vídeos, né? Então yeah, acabei true. que eu não, não, não lembro. Yeah. <laughs> he said he make a lot of videos, so he doesn't remember. But he said that like he thought it was he might have been a press video because obviously, um, you know, this year the the bosses that he did um, got a lot of interest 
you know, because they were right, they right, were right. Cool and they got a lot of media interest, and so um, obviously, when the media is on, you know, at Carnival, they're like super interested in filming, um, yeah. you know, the hippie keys. So he thought it was that yeah. one. So I told him that you send him which one you're talking about after yeah. the conversation. No, they had masks on. It was like it's like since the 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 pandemic, they've anyway. It doesn't matter. We can uh, <laughs> we can we'll move post on. The link. What was that, Diana? We'll post the link. Yeah. yeah. Um, does he have advice for players that are at home, stuck at home, practicing? Um, I've talked to several people who are not, you know, they can't play with their group, so they're kind of sad and not, you know, sort of lost a little bit. Does he have advice for people during um, this pandemic? Um Agora, sabe, você, com a pandemia, tem muitos ritmistas, tanto no Brasil como aqui nos Estados Unidos, que, que tem, talvez estão muito tristes porque não dá para tocar com os grupos, né? Que não dá para ir para os ensaios e ficar com, tocando com a galera e tudo isso. Você tem algum conselho para as pessoas que tocam instrumento e talvez estão é, tristes ou talvez... É, esperando, esperando que passe tudo isso, você tem algum conselho para os ritmistas que estão em casa? Sim, é, na verdade, a, esses, esses ritmistas que não estão conseguindo tocar, praticar, tem muitas maneiras, né? Tem muitas informações. Então, assim, tem pessoas que têm contatos, né? Tipo, comigo, com o Lucas, com outras pessoas que também são referências de outras escolas, é, é se informar, né? Se informar, porque não precisa ter só o instrumento em si para você praticar. Pode praticar no caderno, né? Alguma coisa que, que você consiga é, executar. Mas o que eu tenho para falar é procurar informação. E também ter força de vontade, né? Porque não adianta você ficar esperando a pandemia passar e também não, não tentar praticar, não procurar informação, né? A, o Dueto abriu um aulão, né? Exatamente para essas pessoas que não tá conseguindo tocar. E graças a Deus deu certo, muitas pessoas participaram. E essa dica foi dada também. Talvez essas pessoas que participou do aulão, hoje eles devem estar tá tocando em casa. Mas a gente não sabe. Mas a gente sempre tá dando dica, né, abrindo espaço, dando oportunidade para para poder ajudar as pessoas e também fazer que elas se sintam bem nesse momento difícil, né? Uhum. Um, he said that you know his advice is that there's many ways to practice. Um, it doesn't mean just playing. For example, for people that might not have an instrument with them. Um, which I think is, you know, could be the case for some people that have instruments as, you know, at the actual rehearsal space or with, mm -hmm. you know, that they don't own their own instrument. Um, but he said that, you know, there's more ways to evolve and to get your knowledge up than just on the instrument. It's just a matter of you looking for info, whether it's, um, you know, reading, learning about the techniques, um, you know, practicing on a, you know, on something else, like he talked about, you know, just practicing on a notebook or something like that. Um, 
but it's just a matter of you being motivated to search out the information, whether it's taking classes online. Um, but that, you know, that's, you know, there's no reason to wait for the pandemic to, to pass. Like you need to learn as much as you can right now. Um, and he said, that's, you know, why they created that, um, online class so that people can, you know, have something to work toward, um, have something to practice. Um, and also not only that, but the opportunity to help people feel like they're part of something, you know, in this moment where we're very isolated. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so we know that Ebert has played since he was a child and he's had a lot of experiences playing. Um, does he have one that's memorable for him that really stands out as a player? Herbert, uh, você já tocou, já toca há muito tempo e você tocou em muitos lugares desde e você toca desde criança. Tem algum momento, alguma memória que você lembra mais, talvez mais que as outras, o que marcou muito a sua vida? Tem, foi na, o vídeo que a gente fez na Torre Eiffel. Aquele hum. vídeo para mim foi representa tudo o que eu já fiz. Porque, pô, saí de um bairro da periferia, né? Tive... É, muitas pessoas não acreditavam, né? Só eu mesmo. E, e depois que eu toquei com o Luquinhas lá, lá em Paris, na Torre, ali representou muita coisa para mim. Então, esse momento foi o mais marcante para mim de todos. Uhum. Que legal. Um, he said that um, for him it was doing the video um, at the Eiffel Tower. Because 
he said it represented for him like everything that he has worked toward because for him um growing up in a suburban neighborhood and for those who don't know suburban neighborhood in brazil is very different from suburban in the u.s it's the poor neighborhoods um so for him to come from a poor neighborhood to get to play and record there at the eiffel tower um he said that meant you know that really sometimes if you know his some people didn't believe that they could do it people didn't believe in him but he believed in himself um mm -hmm. and so that video is something that he remembers and that experience is something he remembers above everything else because it really represented his trajectory mm -hmm. that's nice uh is there anything that we have not asked you about um that you'd like to share with with the english-speaking samba community <laughs> Um, tem alguma coisa que a gente não te perguntou que talvez você queira um, compartilhar com, com as pessoas que estão ouvindo talvez da sua história ou, ou outra coisa que você quer compartilhar? Não, não acho que está perfeito só tem um tem um lance que eu fui mestre de bateria aqui não só se você for né? eu sempre quando criança via o um mestre e eu tocando, eu olhava e falava, caramba, eu quero ser mestre também. Hum. Eu quero um dia ser mestre aqui dessa bateria. E em 2017 eu consegui. Hum. Eu fiquei três anos como mestre na escola que eu cresci. E depois, num... como a gente tem o um trabalho do dueto, as coisas não estavam dando... Os dias, os, os trabalhos não estavam dando para fazer as duas coisas. Hum. Então eu fiquei três anos de mestre, a gente fez um trabalho muito legal... Né, porque a comunidade já conhecia o nosso trabalho, acreditaram. E aí, em 2019, eu, foi meu último ano. Então, assim, para mim foi, foi uma realização e também missão cumprida. Hum, que legal. Luquinhas ah. trabalhou comigo também, nós dois. Um, so we didn't, one thing he didn't mention that, he, you know, I think is really, really cool to mention is that he actually was a mestre de bateria at the samba school that he grew up in front of. Um, at, uh, so, so, so he was mestre there in 2017, 2018, and 2019 for three years. Um, and for him, that was, um, you know, such an accomplishment since, you know, that's his samba school um, from, you know, from his, from his childhood. And he said that when he was little, he would look at the mestre at that school and be like, one day I'm going to be a mestre. One day I'm going to be a bateria director. And he did it and he accomplished it. So it was, um, it's something that he's, um, he's happy about because he accomplished, you know, a dream that he had set when he was really, really young. Um, and Lucas was there too. Lucas was part of it. Um, and he said it was beautiful just because the community knew him, you know, and so it was right. like a. A, a accomplishment of a of a big dream that he had so oh, the only cool. reason that he left was because he couldn't um you know with the dueto and the sort of commitment was too yeah. much right like they, he couldn't make both of them work and obviously he had to prioritize dueto in his group um but that uh yeah that's a pretty cool thing to you know be the messy yeah. of the samba school that you grew up in so cool to come for full circle mm -hmm. full circle like yeah that. yeah well thank you so much airbridge for sharing your story with us 
Thanks for spending this, sharing your time and yeah. love talking to yeah. you and Lucas. Obrigado, Herbert, por passar esse tempo com a gente, deixar a gente perguntar coisas. Foi bem interessante, foi uma conversação muito, muito legal. É, a gente sempre falou, a última, quando a gente falou com o Lucas, a gente se divertiu muito. É, e foi uma conversa muito interessante e, e foi igual com você. Foi muito interessante e obrigado pelo, pelo tempo. Eu que agradeço vocês. É muito, muito bacana. Quando eu vi o Lu, quando o Luquinhas ia fazer com vocês, eu fiquei feliz também por ele, né, que é uma oportunidade. E depois que vocês falaram que eu ia participar também, eu fiquei feliz demais também. Hum. Então, eu e o Lucas, a gente está muito feliz e muito agradecido pela oportunidade que vocês deram para a gente estar tá fazendo essa entrevista. E quando precisar, pode chamar a gente, perguntar. E espero um dia poder conhecer vocês também, pessoalmente. Uhum. A gente já tem uma amizade, né, na verdade. Uhum. E a Sim. gente precisa to tocar junto algum dia, se Deus quiser. Sim, eu, eu sei que a gente vai se, vai se conhecer. Depois, depois de tudo isso passar, a gente vai passar um tempo lá no Brasil. Que, em que São eu, Paulo. Em, em São Paulo, né? Sim. Uh, He said he's the one that's grateful for the opportunity. He said that when um, Lucas told him about him doing the interview, he was really happy. And then when he got invited, he was super ecstatic to do it. And uh, and he's just um, really happy to to share his story and that hopefully after everything, we'll come to Brazil and, and play together and get to know each other now that we have a, a friendship too. So Yeah, I hope that they come to the to the United States. They They bring a... Both of them individually and together bring such a positive energy to mm -hmm. um, to everything that they do in a world that can sometimes be ego driven. They they both bring such an amount of of happiness and goofiness totally. and love and fun. It's just their it's I, I love their energy. Just thank you yeah. so much for for going for your dreams and being who you are because we all benefit from that. Mm -hmm. I just yeah. Sorry, was that too oh. much, <laughs> Sylvia? No, I love that. No, I love it. Um, é, a Courtney falou que, que a gente espera que vocês po possam vir para cá, para os Estados Unidos, porque o que ela fala que, que foi a coisa que ela... Ou é a coisa que ela mais gosta de vocês, é que um, sabe, vocês são muito talentosos, têm um talento muito grande, e, tal, e talvez esse mundo no, na percussão, que a gente também, conhe também conhece muitas pessoas, que talvez tem é uma coisa de ego, né? Que você toca tem talento e já tem um ego, talvez, sabe, um, um jeito de ser. E vocês são pessoas que são bem legais, a energia de vocês é bem bonita, uma amizade bem legal e uma energia positiva, né? Que é, às vezes é difícil de encontrar e que ela ama a sua energia. E a gente espera que a gente possa aprender de vocês, talvez aqui, talvez lá, mas, uh, mas ela queria que vocês soubessem isso. Ah, muito legal saber disso. A gente, a gente leva isso com a gente também, né? Passar para as pessoas, a energia boa, né? Lá na Europa mesmo, quando a gente foi trabalhar lá, eles eram muito frios, né? Pouco dava risada, meio inseguro. E ali, 20 minutos de aula, a gente transformava eles. Fazer eles pular, <risos> gritar, contar. Então, a gente sempre vai levar isso, tanto perto, no presencial, quanto de longe também, que é importante para tocar qualquer tipo de instrumento, a gente precisa estar tá feliz, né? é um momento de felicidade, de, hum. 
de alegria. Então, assim, a gente vai sempre passar isso para as pessoas, quando a gente puder. Muito obrigado pelas palavras. He says thank you for the words and that, uh, you know, he, that's one of their major, their principal ideas is to, is to pass along that positive energy. He talked about, you know, the fact that when they've gone to Europe, sometimes, you know, they get to the class and everybody's very serious and, you know, people are sort of like nervous because they don't know what's going to happen and if they can keep up and that kind of thing, which I know I've experienced that, you know, workshops before where like <laughs> sure, the anxiety. Yeah you know, is there. And he says that within 20 minutes, you know, they've got them, you know, jumping and screaming and, you know, the positive energy to sort of get that nervousness away. Um, because for them, like the biggest um, thing is to pass along, you know, happiness and joy through their music. That's great. Well, we'll continue to support them however we can. And, um, you know, send their videos and everything because we love, we love reposting. Nice. É, a gente vai seguir apoiando vocês como, você, como a gente possa. Então, se vocês têm vídeos e tudo isso, manda para a gente que a gente posta uh, no Facebook, tanto como o Instagram. Pode, pode mandar que a gente, a gente quer apoiar vocês, que a gente gosta de vocês muito. Muito obrigado. A gente manda sim. E a gente também manda vídeo para a gente, informações, o que precisar também. A gente também está apoiando vocês, que espero que esse trabalho que vocês fazem cresça muito, porque tem muitas pessoas talentosas também. Então, é muito legal ver vocês é, dando oportunidade para a galera, né, para os jovens. E a gente também muito feliz de ter essa conexão com vocês. Um, he said that he, he, they will, and that you guys can send, you know, information too, because he hopes that this, you know, this, your project grows because there's so many talented people out there, um, you know, who play percussion, who, who I'm sure would love to share their stories too. So, um, so yeah, it's a love, it's a love fest. Yeah. As <laughs> Hey, I know you guys liked that interview. If you would like to learn more about Duetto, you can go to our website and check out our links that we have there. We've got links to um, their Facebook profiles, Instagram, and YouTube. They also are teaching lessons that I highly recommend. I'm taking um, one of their advanced, one of their advanced Hipiki classes, and it's it's great. It's different than other than other classes. They're teaching you teaching us how to improvise and kind of forcing us to improvise. So it's <laughs> it's uh, it's been really good. It's been challenging and. Um, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot from them. And just their, their happiness and their, it's infectious. So there was one day where um, I was down because I had a couple things going on with like family illness and some other stuff. And I, I had messaged uh, Lucas ahead of time and was like, hey, I might not participate fully today. You know, and he's like, that's fine. Just come to class and, you know, it's totally fine. And, and I did. And I ended up smiling and laughing by the end. I mean, they're just so much fun. So. Yeah, I highly recommend those guys. I was talking to Diana, like I'm not sure how to talk about these guys and not sound like I'm just gushing, but they're just they're just great young men. I'm I'm just really impressed by them. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, go check them out. They're great players and just wonderful wonderful humans. And Courtney, you can um, seek out uh, private lessons as well as group lessons, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. 
One of the links that we are going to post is a great uh, video that a lot of you may have seen. Um, they're playing with a group called Vicio du Samba, and it's just so high energy. They're playing samba and just, uh, yeah. The video that they, whoever was shooting the video, we talked about it in the podcast. It's mm-hmm. just really dynamic and cool. And I just saw today online they are filming something new. So be on the lookout for a new one. Nice. Very cool. Shout outs today is to my buddy and friend, Esteban Diaz. He's one of the Hipiki nerd friends. Um, He's helped me a lot with graphic design and we're getting some stickers together for the podcast and just different little things. And he does that for a living. So he... I'll just have some weird question that would probably take me half a day to figure out. And he just does it really quick for <laughs> for me. So yeah, I just a huge shout out to him. Thank you so much to Stavon. He also listens to the podcast. He does. He does. Yeah. We would also like to give a huge, huge, huge shout out, shout out to Sylvia Manrique for translating for us on this podcast. I say it every time, Sylvia, you're amazing. Your, um, your mastery of the language is, is just and your memory to remember everything that they've said. So thank you so much for, um, for volunteering and being a part of this project. We, we couldn't, we literally couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. Um, a couple of different announcements we have. I wanted to, uh, to remind everybody that this has been going on for a while, but there's, um, if you look online on Instagram, I think they're more active, uh, at Hichimo Solidario, which is a, kind of a group funding for a lot of the players in the um, and, and neighborhoods uh, in Rio. Um, they're doing their Christmas campaign right now, and what they do is gather monies uh, so they can buy basic um, things for, for these folks in the community, um, you know, be it food, be it like, you know, soap and yeah. whatever they're um, putting these baskets together um, and if you take a look at their Instagram page they do a lot of great work so um, if you'd like to participate and donate go to Hichimo Solidario on Instagram this is our chance to give back to the community that, that gave us this awesome culture so so yeah again if you have the means go check it out Another announcement is Rob Akari. Once again, we mentioned him like every podcast <laughs> um, with Bloco 3K in Melbourne, Australia is doing a series of workshops with the mestri and directors from Imperatrice Samba School. So uh, go to bloco3k.com and then you'll see a link in the top right hand corner. It says Imperatrice Workshops or something like that. Click on that. He's having each teacher teach twice so that it works out well for people in Australia and the United States. And then one that works out well for, depending on where you're at in Asia and in uh, Europe. In some of the last workshops, there were people from Europe, you know, it was like three in the morning, like hard, hardcore people (laughs) that were there. But you don't have to do that now. He's got two different time zones. So go check it out. And at least for the American dollar, made it quite affordable. It was only like $17 if you signed up for all four classes. Um, $17 per class. So definitely go check those out. This is an opportunity to learn from the best. So yeah, some of these guys teach it. Um, Batuki Digital, which uh, Bear he finds the best teachers as well as players. So you're, you're learning from the best here. Nice. Mm-hmm. And Rob does not pay us to say this. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's true. Oh, and he also has a link to, you can add, uh, when you buy your ticket, you can add on $10 increments to um, donate to HMO Solidario. So awesome. he's given back. Yes. Yeah. Rob has been, been doing a lot for the uh, community in Rio. So shout out to Rob. Yeah. Good job, man. Uh, we also want to talk about lessons. We talk about this every week, but it's important. Go check out all these teachers and all their lessons, um, including Herbert and uh, Lucas. But there's also our friend Dudu Fuentes. There's uh, Mestre Ayelton Nunez. There's uh, Junior Sampaio. There's uh, Pitoko Giada, teaching uh, rhythms from northeastern Brazil. There's Chia- there's Chiago from from Estrela Brilhante who is also teaching oh, yeah. a course right now uh, in Marica too. There. Oh, you should give me his links. We'll put him up on the website. Yeah, we will do that. Um, and we post these a lot of these on our Facebook page, so look out for them there. Um, Francisco Machado. Francisco Machado. Um, did you already say the duetto guys? Uh, Douglas Georgie. Douglas. Yeah, I said the duetto, guys. And uh, if you go to our website, thebrazilianbeat.com forward slash uh, resources, you and then scroll down, you'll you'll see all these guys and and links. So how to what the best way is to get a hold of them, whether it's WhatsApp or, or Instagram. Um, so if you're having trouble finding them on uh, on social media, check check them out on our site. And if you have a favorite player that you love watching. Reach out to them because more than likely they they are teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's trying to you know make a living, so don't be shy. Reach out, yeah, um, and support your local sambisa or your international sambisa, as it may be. Yeah, and it's always good to like, um, yeah, make those global connections. And, yes, and yeah, spread the nerdy drumming love. Um, I also wanted to mention that we'd love to hear from you if you'd like to send email us. Uh, this is so and so from so and so, and I listen to the Brazilian beat. We'd love to get little videos, or rather, we'd love to get audio from you. So if yeah. you'd like to do that, send us an email with your audio. The Brazilian beat at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Ciao.